Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everyone, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Michael McQueen joined by Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach, uh, after what can only be described as a game that happened on Sunday night. Uh, Colin, first off, um, I feel like we went to confession on Sunday and that was our penance. What the hell was that on Sunday night? Welcome in. Yeah, um, it was was a long night, Uh, obviously. Very happy with the win. Right. That's let's say that. And that made yesterday a, a little bit easier. Uh, but I think it was gone for 30, was it, Michael, when the, the game actually finished? Or I think it was there? past that, you know, I think it was near, yeah. it was like near oh, five. I, it was it was quite, quite something. And um, we'll probably dig into uh, some of some of the the issues that the, the Broncos uh, had uh, on Sunday night, but very happy that we are sitting at two and one right now. Two and one, joint top of the AFC West. And Stuart, uh, only forty three points scored in the first three games. Is this how you imagine the season to start off? Obviously, welcome in. Uh, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, no, it is not how I imagined the season was going to open up. Um, however, we did sneak a win back, considering I think we lost a game we shouldn't have lost against the Seahawks. So we did manage to kind of claw one back, which was pretty important. Um, but all I can say is, unlike you two young whippersnappers, I, I didn't have the energy to stay up and watch that on Sunday. I was tempted, though, because I stayed up and watched I watched all of the NFL games up to that point. And the, you know yourself, there's that moment around sort of 20 to 1, you're... You know, you might see a little bit of hype and you go, oh, I don't know, could I? But I didn't. I went to bed. And all I can say is when I watched the uh, 40, the, the game in 40, uh, the following morning at about half seven, I almost fell back to sleep uh, watching the first three quarters. It was that bad. One thing I did learn, though, which and I have to say, I'm going to hold my hands up because I think it's important to own our mistakes. And um, I thought it was a ridiculous decision to get rid of um, Sam Martin for Waitman and Waitman had punted really badly in the first two games. I think he was bottom of the NFL in regards to punters. Um, but uh, Corliss had a fantastic game. I mean, he got plenty of practice. So, uh, But you can see he's a, he's a fine punter. So fair play. I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I was wrong about Corliss. And he seems to be an excellent punter. And if things keep going the way that they have been for the first three games, he may break some kind of punting record this season because our offense is a steaming mess. Nick, it is a train wreck, and 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 there 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 is no two ways about it. And um, it is fantastic to get the win. 
whatever way, it doesn't matter. You win by 20, you win by one, you win by 51. It doesn't matter, you, you won. But we have a lot of issues to get sorted out and we need to get them sorted out quickly. We've been saying this since week one. We said it last week as well. But it, it things need to start clicking and they have to really start to fall into place because the mistakes that are being made and the, the offensive blunders really should have been ironed out by now. Colm, um, just publicly to you two, that's sorry for not being on last week. And I know I missed the interesting conversation. I was listening to it in the car at the weekend. Really, really enjoyed the podcast. So my bad for flaking in week two. Talking about flaking, um, where do we start with this offense? I've been very vocal in different broadcasts about certain quarterbacks such as Tom Brady and inefficiency in the offensive season. Russell Wilson finished for 184 yards on 20, 33 completions, zero touchdowns. 17 yards rush and six attempts. As Stuart says, this offense is um, it's not doing great at the moment. Let, let, let's put it that way. It's not fun to watch. They're not moving the chains a lot. And frankly, I thought we were out of the the four down hell that we used to live in about a year ago. And it seems like we're never going to get out of it. But not even that there. <laughs> so many flags. So many small errors. I get we've got a young coach and stuff. But come on. I mean, we, we need to, like, it's week three now, like, coming into week four by the time this is going out, how, like, how long is it going to take them to just step it up a gear? It feels like that the offense is like a jigsaw, and they're missing two or three pieces, and they'll get the pieces come, like, week 14, but by then it could be too late. It's incredible how they're sitting two and one. I'm not going to complain. It's just, it would worry you a wee bit. Oh, yeah, no, it absolutely would. I mean, the Broncos still sit atop the penalty um, league, right? We have given away 30 penalties. Uh, the After us follow the Saints, who have been an absolute ragtag organization this season, and the, the Giants, um, who, you know, I guess Brian Dable is trying to make the best of an absolute mess left by Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge, who ran off back uh, to New England. Uh, given what we're seeing from Josh McDaniels uh, with the, the Raiders, and we'll come to that a little bit later, what does Bill Belichick's coaching tree look like? A stump. Um, but, Michael, the Broncos had nine three and outs at, on, on Sunday night. Nine. I mean, it, it's it, the, the only, like, what would have been lovely is if the Manning cast had been on, I'd love to have seen Peyton's face because watching him um, last night during some of the Giants-Cowboys game, during some of the bad offensive play, he almost takes it as a personal affront. So I can only imagine what he would have made of Sunday night's performance. Nine three and outs. So the Broncos are the only NFL team in the last 30 years to win a game, having at least eight more three and outs than their opponent. So as bad as the, the 49ers were, they only had one three and out. Well, Colin, you, you did get a little sneak preview of what the Mannings may have uh, reacted to our game when Eli said that, um, judging by the performance of the Broncos offense, uh, Corliss Waitman was the player who should have been paid a $235 million contract <laughs> and not the quarterback. So that was a little sneak preview. So, uh, yeah, the, the Mannings are just as unimpressed as we are, it seems. Yeah, and, and the, the other stat I saw that stood out was that it was the first time since 2016 that a team um, won was punting at least 10 times in, in a game. 
And the, the last team to do that in 2016, that was the Broncos as well, everybody. If you're listening in, uh, Kyle, you'll love that stat. The Broncos last managed that uh, against the Jaguars in Paxton Lynch's only victory, I believe, in the NFL way back in December of 2016. So not the sort of company you want to, you know, no, nobody else in 30 years has managed to do what you did and um, in, in terms of, um, winning while punting Pax Lynch is also mentioned um, I'd hoped we would never mention that name again on this podcast but well here we are to me I suppose the only only thing you could say about maybe the past couple of weeks is when we have needed Ross to make a play um, really needed him to do it right at the death uh, he he has made it happen that's the, the one kind of semblance of, of hope that the offense might spark. It's like you took a wet tile and you've just shook it and shook it there and you've got that last bit of... <laughs> I, 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 I was squeezing so hard to manage to, to get some, some sort of optimism out there. But yeah, that's the, the bit I'm, I'm taking uh, from it. Um, I think uh, Mr. Roach may have some opinions on our offense as well. Stuart, not to focus on a different team here, but it's the concept here. <laughs> and I, it, would, it would concern me if we continue to play, I guess, for a few weeks. The Niners should have won that game. The Niners, two or three times, should have won that game in the fourth quarter, and they messed it up, and they let us back in, and thank God we won it. Um, I don't think we're going to get a chance to get a game. I, I don't think this season, and the next few games at least, that we're going to have a team like that where they'll just mess it up I feel like the Raiders for example and we can talk about this later on in, in, in this broadcast that I think the Raiders okay they've been very inefficient and very up and down I don't think Derek Carr is sitting at the 50 yard line with five minutes to go and doesn't throw it to Devante Adams or, or whoever I, I just I feel like we really got like one of those get out of jail free cards and somehow we're here laughing about it now but there are issues like I agree, Michael. You begin to look at the schedule, and for example, I think we all um, thought that the, the game that we're going to um, on mass go over to see in London, um, you, you would have had that down as a fairly comfortable win. But then you see the way the Jags are playing, and I know they're up against a Chargers team that seemed to be, um, you know, putting out their practice squad by the time they got to the fourth quarter. But in fairness, you can only beat what's in front of you, and the Jaguars have been really good for the last two weeks, and it just goes to show you that. If you put weapons around a young quarterback um, who has the kind of talent that Trevor Lawrence does, they will get better and they will start to perform. So I think maybe the Jets with Zach Wilson coming back from injury might be a game that you think we should win fairly easily. But I agree with you, Michael. There's not that many gimmies left on the schedule. Um, and we are blessed that we played Davis Mills last week, who's a terrible quarterback, as we talked about on the program. Um, and we played against Jimmy G. I don't think it's too... Um, crazy to suggest that if Trey Lance was playing that game on Sunday night, we would have lost that game and we would have lost it easily because the Niners' defense was brilliant. And the Niners were, were missing in their starting running back as well, if memory serves me. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I, you know, I, I will say one thing now, Michael, and I know we're talking about a young coaching staff. Evero is a young offense, uh, sorry, young defensive coordinator. He's He's coaching out of his skin at the moment. So I think we, we can use the, the inexperienced card and we can use the, the youth card um, as a bit of a crutch. Um, 
but Evero has that defense playing really, really well. Like PFF, I know some people agree with PFF. Some people find them sort of, they take away with a pinch of salt. But no, no surprise to anybody, the top five graded Broncos players at the weekend, uh, not including the punter, uh, were five defenders. There wasn't an offensive player within uh, a sniff of PFF's top graded Broncos, and nor should there have been. I imagine that most of them should have been down the bottom um, so look, the, the other thing as well, Michael, I don't think, I don't think we've really touched on uh, up to this point. And I, 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 I'm beginning to see signs of the bad Garrett Bowles coming back. Um, like it seemed like our two tackles were in serious trouble throughout that game. Fleming is not a starting right tackle. Right tackle is a position that we've decided we don't need to get fixed. Uh, for some bizarre reason, um, we need to get that fixed. I hope Billy Turner comes back. I mean, I think it's a peculiar state of affairs where uh, us as fans are you know desperately hoping that Billy Turner comes back because you know Billy Turner is no one's idea of a franchise where I tackle either and um, I, 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 I thought the Niners defense gave us fits I thought you know to, to touch on what Colin said I'm, I, I do think that Russ did step up that brilliant play where he sort of flipped the ball out of his hand where he's just about to go over the line and that was an excellent play and that's the kind of play I think we had in mind when we brought in Russell Wilson and I don't think the chemistry is there yet the one player he does have chemistry with is Cortland Sutton who he's leaned on heavily um, and Cortland Sutton has stepped up hugely in the last like we would probably be 0-3 right now if Cortland Sutton wasn't as playing as well as he has been um, you're I don't know Colm and myself Colm are we allowed to say this publicly we go back and forth um, on Twitter and stuff like that privately and I, I am beginning to wonder if Jerry Judy is ever going to live up to his draft status Jerry Judy is not playing like a, 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 fifth, a number 15 pick in the first round overall by any stretch of the imagination and I think Tim Patrick's loss has been felt hugely in the last few weeks and um, so, look, the offense is, is I, I said it last week and I was proven woefully incorrect that I thought the only way, you know, was up from here on in. Um, and I, I like to sort of say the same thing now and believe it, but I'm not sure that, that the offense is going to get any better in the next few weeks. Um, the Raiders are a bizarre team because most of the games I've seen the Raiders play and they've actually played reasonably well, but they can't seem to get out of their way. Like, their games have been fairly close. So I would not be that confident. I know we'll talk about it later, but... You know, we have a tough enough stretch of games coming up and, and you're just wondering where the spark is going to come from. I, I don't put a lot of this blame on Wilson at this point, Michael. I think he's doing his best, but I, they just look woefully out of sync at the moment. There's no chemistry that doesn't really seem to be a plan. I did, uh, sorry, final point on this. I was happy that the delay of game nonsense was cleaned up and, and they did seem to snap the ball really early kind of get themselves into some kind of a groove. So that at least was something. And I was happy. I know a lot of Broncos fans weren't happy, but I was happy at the fact that Hackett did bring in a game management guru. Um, some people thought it was ridiculous that he waited this long. I think it's fine. I, I like the fact that a guy is willing to hold his hands up and say, I'm not able to, to deal with this at the moment and I need some outside help. I think that's a positive. I think that's refreshing. Um, but I am concerned now because, as I said, it wouldn't have taken a huge amount for us to go 0-3. And, and we, you know, we really got out of jail against the Niners. The Niners must be just baffled as to how they lost that game. I think Colin wanted to jump in there with six times with the defense, Colin. Do you want to bounce before no, I get uh, my awful preview of this Raiders game? 
just a, a little just a couple of, of things i suppose in in relation to the inexperience yeah i i totally agree dc has has been phenomenal right the, the defense has been great but and i hope hackett improves and i agree with Stuart. i actually think bringing somebody in to help is is good right because he, he he needed it but the fact that i the inexperience part like mike mcdaniel is down in miami mike mcdaniel is calling plays the dolphins have looked phenomenal so like brian dable isn't calling plays in new york and i think we should and we will end up with a better record than than the giants but what they haven't looked they haven't made awful the decisions there they have you haven't been left scratching your head at the decisions brian dable has has made um so so to me that, that's an area that needs to to really Im- improve uh, and that's why i am glad that hackett put his hands up to acknowledge that it it was a, an issue but i i i think the inexperienced part can sometimes you know, there's there's a, a number of, of rookie head coaches in uh, the the league uh, this year. Kevin O'Connell, Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, Eberflus with the the Bears, who seem to be playing football from the seventies, um, and and Hackett. Uh, and you, you look at those, and I don't understand what Eberflus is is up to in terms of his game plan, um, but certainly, um, and the uh, Vikings had a, a really bad game against the Eagles. But Hackett has to to show that he can coach. Now, obviously, look, we I, I don't know if uh, listeners or if you two lads saw the videos from the locker room afterwards. The players seem to to love him, which is good, right? That's that's certainly a positive. Um, and he doesn't make a holy show of himself uh, in the way that Vic Fangio did when he would step in front of a, a microphone, which is always a good thing. There are things I think sometimes I'd like him to elaborate on, um, but I, I don't come away going, oh my goodness, what was that? So certainly um, certainly positive in, in that re- respect. Um, and the just the other point was, yeah, and Stuart is dead right in terms of PFFs, though I was utterly baffled by Patrick Sertain's grade. Like he is absolutely phenomenal. And you you saw like the again this week on Twitter, former um, D-backs talking of all about just how impressive he continues to be. This is only year two and he is an absolute lockdown corner. And so not entirely sure why he was fifth on that list. I think he should have been much higher. But yeah, I was very impressed in fairness by Randy Gregory at the on Sunday night. I was too. I there are positives to take from this. It's just trying to fine-tune things before we play the Chiefs twice in four weeks in a couple of months. So I mean that that's the main concern for me. Um I'm gonna jump on this Raiders game. This weekend, Sunday night, nine o'clock our time, nine twenty-five, two twenty-five Mountain. And um, just very quickly, I'll start with you, sir, because Colin was last chatting there. If the Raiders go zero and four, will Josh McDaniels be fired? I doubt it, Michael. I doubt it because I think, you know, I'm as I as I said, I like the Raiders are. God, I'm you know, I mean, I really it's, it would be the most Raiders thing to happen, though, wouldn't it? It would be the most, it would, Raiders yeah, because Raiders. I mean, people have been trying to get McDaniels out of New England for ages, and for a variety of reasons, he's decided to stay there. Um, 
so I think it probably would be the most rated thing of all time to 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 uh, to trade for or to, to to sign Devontae Adams and then you know fire Josh McDaniels after everybody's trying to get him. But I think, like you know, it's it's not like the Raiders have been a steaming mess week in week out. I mean, they have been slightly unlucky. Their 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 games have you know mostly been close. So I think, you know, and 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 like we have a really really awful record i know it's you know the, the raiders have changed venues fairly frequently um but but we 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 really have been awful um away from home so i think you know like we we it would not surprise me for us to lose this game it really wouldn't i mean and i i genuinely you know, my 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 loathing of the Raiders is probably second only now to the Patriots. But thankfully now, as the Patriots sort of slide back into the um, into the primordial sort of ooze that that sort of vomited them out twenty years ago, and become a complete relevance to the point where pennies no longer sells their tat. They've replaced the Patriots gear with Chiefs gear, which is which is another nightmare. But anyway, it's one we'll have to take. But um, the Raiders have been unlucky and they've lost three games by, you know, a score. You know, they, they lost to the Chargers by five, they lost to the Cardinals by six, and they lost to the Titans by two. So, you know, they're they're not getting murdered. You know, they're not they're not a mess. Like they're, you know, and let's be honest, Michael, I don't want to go over the same ground again. We could easily be 0-3. Um, and if we were 0-3, having played the way that we've played, and I think the question is, will Hackett be fired if we go 0-4? Is a far more valid one than Josh McDaniels because at least now the other thing is the Raiders do have a great deal of talent on that team. They're probably more talented than some of the other teams that are 0-3. Oh, no, they're the only team that's 0-3. <laughs> Sorry, that was a gag. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, so I, I don't think they will. Um, but I think, you know, have they been a disappointment? Yes, because they've signed a huge amount of players. But there is always one team, Michael, and we've spoken about this quite frequently on the podcast. There's always one team that goes out and spends a lot of money. And, and as, as the preseason darling, like the Browns are a prime example. I think it was two years ago. They signed loads of big players and everyone thought, and, and they fall off a cliff. So that that seems to be thankfully the Raiders' role this season. Long may it continue and hopefully it continues on Sunday. But I would not be confident of us winning this game unless things click into place and quickly because for example um Crosby has given our offensive line fits for years. the minute he's come into the league Crosby has owned our offensive line there's little or nothing to suggest that's going to be any different that's a massive problem Wilson does do well when he scrambles and he's scrambling for his life it seems like a lot of the time um our defense is much better than it has been so you know hopefully Carr has a tendency to get the ball out incredibly quickly against us because he still has nightmares about Von Miller, I imagine. Um, but the pass rush, who you know, we were worried about going into the season because neither Randy Gregory nor Bradley Chubb had even come close to completing a full sort of season of games. They both now are really looking like they're cranked up and they're 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 firing on all cylinders. You have two really good pass rushes that gives you a chance. Um, so I think we can we can live with them. I don't think this is going to be a blowout either way, uh, but I do think this is going to be another nail-biting game, and I do think it's probably going to come down to the last possession of something close to it. And I don't know who's going to win. It wouldn't surprise me if either side won. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw. I mean, three-all or something, the way both of these teams are playing. Yeah. 
That's, um, that's... Colin, can I just say this? Um, I have the Raiders going into a 14-point lead on Sunday. And I have us winning the game 17-14. That's all I'm going to say. I think the Raiders are just not going to win on Sunday. I, I, I'm not saying we're going to get it together, but I feel like in the second half, Russ will find a way find a way and we're going to have over 150 yards rush together with Javante Williams and Malvin Gordon and the Raiders are going to go 0 and 4 in the division which is on like that is good luck if they if they go 0 and 4 the season's over for them isn't it surely in, in that division yeah and well, the, well even though the AFC West is not what we thought it what it once was. I think when you when you look now, um, which very often happens, the divisions get get hyped and then um, don't live up to it. So we'll have to see. But the Broncos haven't won uh, away or on the road to the Raiders since 2015, um, and that that's a long time ago. And in that game, that was one uh, with uh, Brandon McManus field goals. Uh, it was a 16-10 victory and a Chris Harris interception um, where he re- returned the ball 74 yards. So uh, it's it's certainly not been a, a happy hunting ground for the Broncos. And I, I do think it will be really tough because they have to get the, the win. Yeah, if they go to 0-4, and, and I don't believe McDaniels will be fired, but I don't think things are well there. When you hear that immediately following the game, there was talk of a three-hour meeting. I don't know if that has been confirmed, but a three-hour meeting be, between the owner and the head coach, I mean, that tells you just how um, you know serious thing, things are. And um, they they have you know some fantastic um, pass catchers on that team, but Carr has struggled at times this season. Um, I, I I think the extension they gave him is is realistically a one year extension. I think they gave themselves a kind of a, a get out of jail card if he didn't live up to it. So um, that could be a change that they might see. But um, you know, equally, I don't think many people would have thought that uh, this game would feature the 20th and 21st ranked QBs, if you go by QBR, um, facing up against one another. Um, they, they've had huge drops and Renfro was out last week. I don't know, obviously, at the time of recording whether he will be out again, but he would be an enormous loss uh, for, for them. Look for us. We we if the if the defense show up in the way that they did, yeah, we're in with a chance. But we need we need to see more from the offense. Um, Javante had some moments the the other night, but um, I you know they he he couldn't break off a, a big big run. Um, but I, I thought he was impressive. Melvin Gordon had moments as well, but Melvin Gordon also had fumbles uh, fortunately for 49ers didn't recover any of them but this is the issue with Melvin you will have moments of Melvin Gordon magic and and then but you're always wondering is, is this where the the ball will be coughed up so I I, I imagine this will be a you know a real divisional battle because the Raiders have to win it uh, if they go to 0-4 their season is is definitely over. Even at zero and three, uh, Michael, I I see that the the 
best season they've had after an 0-3 start was when they went 8-8 eight and eight, uh, way back in 86. And that was the best they've had uh, since then. So um, both of these teams need their offense to, to do a lot more. Fortunately, I think our, our defense is better. And so given the way that they're playing, I believe that we should be able to, to win it. But I, I don't think this is going to be pretty. And I imagine, obviously, look, we all love the Broncos. and um, We live in this kind of Broncos country bubble. But I think if you talk to people, we all know fans of other teams. When they hear the Broncos are going to be on prime time, the collective sigh around the league. Early night. <laughs> you, you can hear it on this side of the Atlantic. Can I just say that that feeling that you've just talked about is the exact same of me and this Kansas City Tampa game on Sunday night. I think it's going to be crap. Stuart, have you anything else to add before we round off? No, I agree with Colm. I think um, this is a critical game, I think, for both teams because I, I I don't imagine the Chiefs are going to lose too many games like they did against the Colts on Sunday. That was, you know, even elite teams you know, drop the odd game here or there. Um, I don't I don't think that's a sign that the Chiefs are going to to uh the wheels are going to come off. In the same way I think the Bills will, will be fine because, you know, by the time that game finished in Miami, there was guys, you know, Josh Allen probably had met once before on his offensive line. Um, you know, so I, I, I think if we are really serious about the playoffs, Michael, um, and we ought to be, you know, because there's been a lot of money and a lot of, of draft capital spent on this team and acquiring quarterbacks, a quarterback like Russell Wilson, then, then we need to start winning these games. We need to turn this stuff around. We, we, we need to sort of break from the past in regards to the, the, the record that we have away from home against the Raiders. And we need to win a game like this, you know, cause I think, as I said, it was great to get that victory against the Niners, even though it was a dog of a game to watch because it kind of put us back in the plus column in regards to, having snatched one back, having dropped one against the Seahawks that we shouldn't have. You know, so I think it's like each section of the season is, is a kind of a puzzle or is, a, is, a, is a, a bit of a map that has to be navigated. And if we were to go three and one, I think you'd have to go, okay, that's that we've, we've, we've taken care of this bit successfully. Uh, two and two would not be, uh, would, would really kind of make the latter, because the latter part of the season is much tougher than the earlier part. Um, so I think, you know, I'm looking at wins that you like sort of almost pick them games where there's no real favorite. I don't know who I would pick to win this. Um, I'm really hopeful the Broncos can squeeze out a win. I think we will. I mean, most of my confidence comes from the fact that the defense is playing really well. And also, I think the defense is healthy bar, uh, bar Justin Simmons, which is important. Um, and I think Josie Jewell showed up well too, because I think obviously Josie. He's not the fastest linebacker, but, you know, and you don't want to see Josie Jewell lining up against Waller, for example. But Josie Jewell is a very short tackler, and he is the quarterback of that defense. He is the one who calls the plays. He's the one who, you know, reacts. And he, he's, I thought we looked even sturdier on defense um, with Jewell back in. So he's somebody I think, you know, we, we it's another bonus to have him now fit and firing on all cylinders. So I think we will ride the defense again. Um, and I think we will win a, a bit of a, 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 we'll squeeze it out. We'll eke out a win probably by three points, maybe even by two points. Um, 
but I, I think we'll get the win, and I think this will set us up now for the next section of the season. So I think we'll go three and one, just about. I love it. I've got us winning. You've got us winning. Calm. You've us winning, yeah. Yeah, I've I've us winning a very very tight, uh, low scoring game. As tight as that Washington Philly game last week. Yeah. Uh, anywho, anywho, for now, uh, here enjoy the game. You're going to watch it this Sunday. We'll be back next week to go over week four of the season for the Broncos getting another week closer to that Jacksonville game in London um, they look alright don't they for now go Broncos chat to you soon lads go Broncos go Broncos